Hey, welcome to this 20th edition of Clarity Chat podcast. I have with me Anjani Kumar, the CIO of Strides, a pharma major. In today's session, he's going to talk about experimenting, stretching, solving problems regardless of where they belong to, and user centricity to maximize value from technologies. He will share lessons from good technology implementations that failed. We will cover how to build a team, integrating new with old, and the importance of communication. This is the 20th edition of Clarity Chat podcast, and here comes an exciting discussion with Anjani from Stride. Welcome, Anjani. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only three decades old, but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success, to help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively, to help you manage change better, to help you attract talent. You get this clarity via experiences of CIOs and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea. Welcome to the Clarity Chat podcast. Please share that incident where you tried to be a good boss, but you landed in trouble. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was early part of my career when I became manager first time. And we were in one of the MNC company, software company. We were working really hard. The whole team was working hard. We were going home at 12, 1 in the night for months. Project went live on the weekend. And some one of the weekdays, Tamil movie was getting released. And a couple of entry-level trainees, they wanted to go as a first show. So they asked me, Anjani, can I go? Just being a considerate manager, I thought they have been working. I said, okay, you can go. By the time, I mean, I did not realize that the word spreads like wildfire. After some time, my manager calls me up and asks, do you know where are these girls? I said, I have no idea. They must be somewhere. I said, probably you don't know, but uh, you have allowed them to go to movie. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was in a tough situation, but I told him, told him that, okay, what do you want me to do? They have been working really hard and they wanted just a few hours break. He said, what you did, he, he thought for, for a minute. Then he said, what you did was the right decision, but next time make sure they don't tell anybody. So that was early part of the lesson. Oh, absolutely. You know, we do many things at times, which are not, you know, as per the rules, but we do it for the teams. And I think that's a big learning. <laughs> Keep it a secret. Don't don't go about telling everyone we're going for this first, first day for show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still do a lot of things, a lot of things out of the way. But now I make sure I tell them three times, please don't tell. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> No, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, uh, that was a that was a really good start, uh, Anjani. Anjani, uh, the premise behind the Clarity Chat is managing IT is an art that can be learned from an artist. And here we are going to walk us. You are going to walk us through your canvas of experiences, primarily around driving value from IT in this edition of Clarity Chat. Now, you know, we do a little bit of analysis, and we have CXOs, founders, IT managers, technology sales folks, uh, quite a rich variety in our audience with a common agenda. Everyone is mm-hmm. here to learn the art of finding success with technology from the lead. Uh, 
experiences of leaders like uh, you and me. So in the first part, uh, let's try to look at the look at your journey through your through your lenses. So please tell us about your childhood up to college and first job. Do you remember anything that gave you an indication that you're going to land up in IT? That's a very interesting question. So we were not in the era of Google and internet. Unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know that. Right? There are advantages and disadvantages too. When I have a kid, I realize that. So my childhood was actually, I grew up in village and I went to a primary school, government, Bihar government primary school, where there used to be two rooms and five classes. And luxury was when the two classes were uh, were having the class, other three can go and play, go out and play. Right. So that was, that was my beginning. And of course, uh, went to different schools and up to class 10 I was in government school boarding school actually from class 7 because in maths I got 93 out of 100 which my father thought that I am not studying well and I was <laughs> I was sent to hostel and uh, that was uh, I asked my father what should I do he said you should be engineer right and I said okay but engineering is just a way you should be IS officer I said okay so when I got through I asked him I was getting everything every, everywhere and he said you should take mechanical engineering because that's the subject in IA, uh, UPSC exam and then I wanted to go to Trichy Suratkal because I was at that time in IT Trichy Suratkal was the best ones but he said no no you can't go so far so you have to stay near to Bihar finally compromise formula reached we i joined nit raurkela mechanical engineering first two years very nice i wanted to be is officer as i got more exposure i said oh no i don't want to and i would rather do something else and that is where it attracted and cognizant was first a second company in the campus one of the highest paid at that time and you know at that time you look at what is the money college mindset huh? and i i went into that and that was my first job i really did well as an entry-level trainee didn't have much difficulty in picking up software and uh, it was that for 15-18 months and then IBM came at that time IBM was happening company and uh, I I actually went to that is also a story because I was not applying I had not applied for IBM one of my friend has applied for IBM he was going for interview and I just went out that after that we will go to movie together and then the recruit recruit hiring manager meets me and he says oh you are here you are also working with him I said yeah why don't you apply I said I don't have CV he said you can give CV later and I appeared for the test. I finally got through the IBM, and that has been the first first two jobs and uh, college in brief. And did your did your friend also make it? No. <laughs> look at look at look at what destiny does to you, right? <laughs> No, no, at that time, I mean, I will tell you, I was in two moods. Of course, with 23-year-old, you don't know much uh, whether to go or not to go. Then I realized a lot of people on our my floor in my company has already give, appeared. And then you realize, damn it, I'm I'm getting something which people have not got it. So that also played a factor. Now I laugh about it, but that, that played a factor. Okay, okay. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. So meanwhile, you know, we have someone who kind of empathizes with your life out there. Upendra Dube says that I'm also from a government primary school. <laughs> That's nice. Good. And uh, meanwhile, we also have uh, Rakesh Hitan joining us from, if I'm correct, Gujarat. And Sunil yeah, joining from uh, Delhi. And uh, yeah. Hey, Sunil, Sunil is ex-colleague. Oh, okay. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So... And primary uh, schools are... See, I'll tell you, government primary schools and 
you know they make you they they make you a study even with less resources they make you a study so i have no complaints i am ultimately the product of government school absolutely absolutely you know i, I also actually interestingly i got selected in sanik school and uh, after 10th i came back because i did not really want to go to nda and i actually okay. came to the i came to government inter college almora mm-hmm. so for two years i came from cbse to up board from english medium to hindi medium and you won't believe in my first attempt i cracked uh, mnni allahabad wow. so that was i think that used to be the level of studies at that time you are right resources were not that great but i think i think one there was a lot of fire and uh, you know the teachers used to be sincere in our time to there were no distraction like social media absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and you know we wanted to do be become something right that fire was there yeah absolutely so uh, anjali let's go on uh, tell us uh, about you know like uh, ibm and ibm you know, i think you spent a long time in ibm and then post ibm quickly like you know some milestones just kind of give people a sense of your journey yeah in ibm when i joined uh, again uh, i joined as a java developer at that time and uh, i was core techy slowly grew through the ranks i was working in india's one of the first outsourced project called atnt most people know about it in from 2000 right uh, in 2005 i got married and we decided to go to us for good and that was the time in 2005 and i grew through the through the ranks really fast ibm kind of company it gives you a very good exposure right again it depends on you it's a ocean right if you want to learn there is no end to it right and uh, that was the time in 2008 till that time i thought i'm very good most of us think we are very good when i started working with ibm consulting folks and the detail orientation which they used to do it was amazing and then i realized ah, damn it i am nowhere correct and that is where i i mean you know there was a good morning for me i changed the whole landscape of whole approach how i used to work right be it detailing be it communication and beat collaboration beat how you you how much user centricity you can have till that time i used to think i have lot of user centricity i saw them literally walking to the quadrant of the client right and looking at things that was i would say those two three years 2008 to 2011 10 actually was defining career of my leadership and that is the time i have i was also picked up for ibm executive leadership they give you a lot of trainings heads off to ibm leadership training institutes and the exposures shadowing when you picked up for next generation leader position very good exposure very good learning and then i we came back to, to th- india in 2012 at that time i used to run digital practice for pharma and life sciences when most of us most of the people did not even understand when i used to call digital people will look at it whatever right as long as you are bringing the revenue we are okay yeah <laughs> that's right then in 2014 uh, 13 14 i was looking at it do i really want to do this or do i want to get 360 degree view because when you are in consulting or technology services company you, what you don't get is 360 degree some of the project you have done you don't even know whether that was that is being used when you get into the corporate it you get 360 degree view you eat your own dog food right if you do good you hear for years if you don't do good that also you hear for years and that was the whole reason i joined safe express logistic company as a cio and promoter was really forthcoming they wanted to change the company and that was their whole motivation we had a pretty good digital transformation then i joined another company called colabra as a chief digital officer 
because that was a fad at that time. So I was in uh, one of the India's first CDO, right, of Enterprise India. Then I joined uh, regional CIO as Nissan. And uh, after that, I have been CIO for a stride. So now it has been six to seven years on the other side of the table and in all different industries, right? And a lot of people have asked, like, how do you, don't you feel the difficulty? One thing which I realize is it takes probably, if you really want to learn, it takes four to six months and you will be able to pick any domain. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. And uh, so in case of IBM, you know, generally this large organization, you tend to be in a certain department, you know, you're on a certain project, but then, you know, what uh, you have told sort of indicates that like, you know, you moved around quite a lot and you picked up a lot of things. So tell us a little bit about, you know, I mean, going outside of the mold. Yeah, so you get defined. Most of the time you get defined to a project in a services company, but there are a lot of forums, right? Internal forum. At that time used to be a different version of social media. When you go post your opinions, people are interested to talk. Even as a junior person, you get picked up for due diligence of a company which IBM is acquiring, right? At the age of, I mean, with six years experience, I was doing a due diligence for a $2 billion company technique from the technology perspective. Then if there is some project, some accounts, which is in deep trouble, they are picking up people. You get picked up just because you showed that inclination and people believe in you that you could understand, you could do the stretch assignments. So that that helps. Third one is you how much open you are. So every time services companies are responding to RFP, they need people who already have experience. If you show inclination, if you show good performance, they pick you up and you get, there is no dearth of recognition if you are doing a good job in most of these companies, I have realized. And this is what I mean, whoever is working for services company or in any company, actually, you should not be just to the role which is defined to you inside the inside the project organization or, uh, you know, account or outside the account, you should be looking 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 out at where can I help? Where could you stretch yourself? And that can give you a lot of uh, exposure and a lot of recognition. And it helps you in your later life. Because I can tell you, I was in software services. I was in consulting. I used to do sometimes the GTS, Global Technology Services Infra Network, which is helping me now as a CIO. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when it's it's only when you stretch out and then, you know, you, you, you pick up things outside of your mold, outside of your domain, you know, that's when I think you get really known. Most of the time, sometimes you get in your current role also, but most of the <laughs> I, I, I understand, yeah. yeah. But I think I think I think the the thing is not to do it for you know for the show part of it, but to do it for the for adding value part of it. You no, know, it's like you know wherever the organization requires you, you know you go and contribute. I mean, I can I can share something you know from my own uh, experience also that you know when we had started this ERM, I was actually a subject matter expert from service, oh, wow. and uh, then as we got into it and you know we started looking at that, okay, you know we all this data and all these in- internal processes that now need to be exposed to our dealers and customers and we found that a lot of it is was not in place it was not in a you know it was good for internal people to see it but it wasn't presentable outside and then uh, you know i kind of stretched myself to uh, do a lot of master data cleanups engage with the people who were generating master data to kind of you know uh, say that hey you know what now it is going to go out into the world so you be better you know do it in a proper way uh, then i uh, then i started getting into development you know, started looking at development processes when I found that, you know, we are not having bug-free releases and that kind of, my boss said, okay, why don't you take up development role? And, and, you know, that's how the role kept getting expanded, that wherever, you know, help was needed or wherever, you know, 
things were in like problem i was kind of you know like coming out and helping but sir that's a good discussion uh, anjani thanks for that so now let's go back to our audience and uh, let's see so yeah sandeep batra says yeah that's destiny i think that was for your friend not making it and you making it so we have senthil from bangalore again a repeat uh, i mean again a, you know what he calls consistently uh, being there on the show we have dr lap singh and we have praveen i think praveen knows you yeah. from bangalore hey, yeah. and there's a question was the on site uh, drive big in those times not exactly because on site was very common these days it is more difficult at that time if you say if you are little good and if you want to go <laughs> you will go i still remember somebody asked a asked a manager in ibm at that time it's it was called delivery project executive i want to go to us and manager said we are not travel agency that you would want to go to us and we'll send you person <laughs> finds a job with h1 within 3 months and designs and goes to us right so Yeah okay so Lab Singh asked a question IBM and TCS have so much in common why don't they merge from synergy and future digital leadership okay so let's imagine you are IBM and TCS let's merge okay i'm just joking i think that question yeah, is outside yeah. of <laughs> please please propose my name for ceo of that merged company <laughs> yeah yeah hey thanks thanks dr lab singh for a little bit of fun on that yeah there's one comment here now i don't know who's the user here somehow some names don't appear i think mentorship also matters for internal mobility if it were not for my learning under jcb as a young guy in 2007 i would not have gone okay i have to recall who this guy is but but by the way what do you what do you what do you think about mentorship anjani and and how do you find mentors mentors mentorship is very very important because what happens is you are learning from others mistake otherwise you will do the mistake and you will take so many years and i have taken a lot of mentors mentorship one is definitely my ibm boss sabesachi biswas has been my career mentor another one have been asutosh jha who is my also happens to be my cousin he is um, at he was in acl he just found another company is in us there have been several mentors in time to time correct and i definitely feel you could talk about certain thing which you want to achieve right and and uh, is this the right way you could do the ideation you could do the thought process exchange so it's very very important sometimes when you are on the lower uh, in your career you are struggling mentors are the one who who helps you for me another mentor i have is uh, of course couple of promoters with whom i have worked before i still maintain a good relation and i will call them mentor times i do call them and you know and at times they call me to discuss about their business which i am no more associated with right? just a, a this relation for me another mentor is also my wife who is who is also from professional background and a lot of the times see i do the discussion unbiased you know unbiased discussion with her so yeah i that way i have been lucky to have multiple mentors but i definitely feel everybody should have a mentor yeah, i think at the at the root of it mentor is like a sounding board you know and i think as long as you have someone who you feel wise enough who can answer a question for you two questions for you one is you know like what can i do better right and um, you know and uh, what do you think about me you know uh, open questions and uh, that really uh, brings out the mentoring so i've been using you know questions like this they i call them as open question you know which force somebody to respond uh, you know in a elaborate way uh, instead of saying uh, am i doing good and uh, the answer you get is yes or no but if you say how am i doing right that brings out a more elaborate answer and some follow up questions and all of that by the way anjani i must i must tell you that you are a, i now know why why you are a communication expert and uh, you know and a so india's most social cio you just made sure that you know for the next 5 years your wife doesn't fight with you <laughs> 
see only taught me this line sorry oh wow <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> see on mentorship i will tell you uh, this was also people are also looking for mentorship sometimes i have gotten call from cios whom i have never i don't even know right and he calls me up i am so and so and some of them i know them as a friend but i never thought that they will need my mentorship correct i i am relatively i am in a, i was in a small company somebody calling from a much bigger company multinational i wanted to discuss something with you right and it was a career related to career that i have this option what to do and this was i mean you know it definitely puts you into tighter spot but it all it also gives you a satisfaction that you are giving you are being being the sounding board suggestion giver to somebody and who has constantly after that who has constantly kept in touch with you and what happens is your learning goes double triple four times because now you are not learning from your stuff you are also learning from his his and her experiences so i have i have a lot of people whom i been in each of the company probably i have worked i will have two to three or more than that leaders who are still in touch time to time they will call this is what i am doing this is what is happening and i i absolutely take pleasure in no oh, absolutely absolutely and i think you know one thing um, generally when we are looking around for mentors or you know for some advice there's a very big mental block uh, you know that people have which is you know what if he says no and uh, what i have my personal experience in terms of you know both receiving mentorship and giving mentorship is that's a fear that nobody should have in mind because most of the time you know people actually want to help people who have arrived in life you know they want to help others so any one of you out there you know whoever you think can be your mentor just reach out to them and 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 and, and uh, you know seek uh, advice by the way uh, you know the secret superstar that i was wondering about you know who was talking about mentorship with me is satyaprakash momaraju uh, we used to call him sats and uh, oh and surprisingly he was like you know in my team from tcs and uh, he had and we were basically you know we had we had uh, taken some help from tcs to like develop a next generation portal for tata nano you know which would have a lot of transactions and other stuff and uh, and we really work together on that so let's uh, move on uh, um, uh, anjani uh, so anjani uh, you moved you moved as the digital head at safe express you know this is a industry logistics industry something which used to be actually far from digital and uh, you know when i was talking to you i realized that you know you uh, played a pretty momentous momentous you know part in uh, in the industry itself beyond you know beyond transforming the safe express uh, from a technology point of view uh, especially you know driving value from iot so share uh, 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 that experience and there is a lot of uh, learning there as far as you know thinking from a user's point of view is concerned you know driving value from a technology by you know sort of taking it from a standalone to a mainstream is concerned you know and and all of that that's a pretty rich experience Yeah I was CIO for Safe Express at that time digital was not so common so there was no digital head of course CIO will look at uh, digital okay. also and digital was so naive if i give you an example one of the big tech firm was looking for there was a cloud conference and he was looking for a cio who could give a cio view of the cloud and he calls me up i i was just like one and a half month in the job and he calls me up i knew him from ibm days hey anjani i need you to come i said i i am outside and i am only coming in the afternoon of that day he said please come for half an hour i am not finding anybody who can go give the cio view for the cloud right so that i just wanted to tell that that was the and this was in 2000 
interest. When I was doing it was, I did not know that I am doing an IT, IoT project. What I was looking is, I was looking at a business value. So we had GPS, which which was a mammoth project put in all the truck. After 100, 150, there was dead silence from the provider. Provider wanted us to go, but business, operation, no, everybody was in stalemate condition. Nobody was able to say why they don't want it, but they didn't want it. They were not much interested. Then I looked at it. I looked at it. People were only trying to get for the tracking, right? And they were also looking at you have to go to a different portal, track it. Of course, you don't have so much time. So what I looked at it, what else you could do? What is the value of GPS? You could get truck performance, you could get vehicle performance, driver performance, route performance, all sorts of analytical data. You could put uh, the fencing boundaries and you could also integrate that in the ERP, which anyway, hub managers, warehouse managers are looking. But when I tried to do it, first challenge, I had a multinational one of the biggest telematics company from us as a vendor i told him the, his answer was can you provide the data and i said even if you give it 10 minutes chalega that look i have maruti adani reliance all on my platform nobody is asking who are you to ask kind of that was it and uh, i had to open his contract and i had to bring some of the newer generation vendor was able to go who gave the data later this us telematics company also followed and uh, i heard from his ceo later it became a unique proposition for him to sell his product I, he never gave loyalty to me. That was that's a different thing. So and he did that, and that changed the whole way users were looking at it. Now users are already using the technology. And this, when I was looking at it, I was talking to Shrikant, who used to be, I think, DataQuest, one of the DataQuest editors. He says, Anjani, this is this is an IoT story. I said, Yeah, I never looked at it from that perspective, Shrikant. And then he said, This is India's first IoT enterprise, IoT project, because he, they were already tracking it came in cover page and you know all sorts of things because today if you look at it today it's very common getting the gps data not today three years back but if you go back to 2014 it was a uh, it was not uh, available so that has been the you know one of the things of course several things another was uh, you know when i joined the company our website was very texty texty and again coming back to wife my wife said until you change this website i'm not going to tell anybody my husband is cio of that company <laughs> Of That's course, promoter track. also. Yeah, promoter also wanted to change the. I mean, promoters, as I said, they are very progressive. You know, when it comes to digital, they wanted to change themselves, and we created the, you know, this and with a real time tracking. Since I all we already had GPS data, this was different thing. Whom do we give? Which customer do we do we give? Which customer not to give? But yeah, we had that available real time tracking in 2014. Okay. I think I think some really good takeaways from here. One is that you know when you implement a new technology, you know. It kind of it can it can it can remain like hanging isolated somewhere without really getting integrated into the rest of the ecosystem. So one of the things that you need to really look at from a driving value from technology point of view is to see that you know nothing that you implement remains standalone. It has it is integrated with other applications. The data that it is generating gets used in other applications, and it should get ingrained in the processes day-to-day -day processes of work. I think the second takeaway is we shouldn't take no for an answer when your common sense says that the answer should be yes. Right? And uh, yeah, if it means if it is so important for us to get that data to drive that value, then yeah, it's worth reopening the contracts. And uh, yeah, actually, I've done the same thing. I've reopened contracts and, uh, you know, changed them if they didn't make sense. Uh, because what comes first is the business, not not the contract, right? Correct. Yeah. And that that makes you think, I mean, and there were several of such things which we did in, in the logistic company. Today, also, I get a call from CIOs of the PR logistic companies where they want to discuss certain things. Is it applicable to logistic company? And if it 
is in what way right? so yeah, that definitely you know so that means they do look at you who who has a good aspect of technology and the industry right absolutely absolutely so uh, anjani the other one the other case study you know which you narrated which was so compelling that i said i want to write a separate post on it even while discussing it in clarity chat that's what i posted today morning and that's about the analytics transformation now what i wrote today morning is like just a small glimpse of it but tell us about the bi transformation and what you call as data democratization so i mean data democratization is a big subject right and very close to my heart i feel data democratization is the future but we will come come to that later what when you are asking this that time of course i i was from ibm so we had implemented ibm cognos in several several customer do which is now sap these were the leading tools and then click had come and then there, there were several bi tools. i was in one of the sales meeting and i saw people sales operation meeting and i saw people had different data and there was no convergence right in the discussion and my take was i was new to the industry also it i was just seven months in the company and why is uh, try to find out from my own people try to talk to the people ask department heads can i have can we have a tea and then realize nobody everybody is looking at different data and that is where i came up with the idea why not to implement a bi that at that time we picked up uh, it was for, uh, just because they gave a good deal no no and it was a good tool also of course what we did is we created this we said we will give it to the hub worker level whoever is i mean you know operation manager level so you have operation manager on the sales side you have sales associate you have regional area manager regional manager corporate head what we did is not only we gave them access we also said you will get an email every morning and we made sure that how it is sent and this was only we knew it only i in few people in it knew this nobody knew this that at 9:30 or 10 the first set of people who are the sales guys get sales exec 10 o'clock the area manager 10:30 regional manager and 11 o'clock onwards the corporate people so by the time the moment you get the report first thing happens is you have few question and you call up your associate so regional manager calls area manager area manager calls the sales associate okay. and that we saw there was like i will get back to you was lesser or eliminated because by the time somebody calls up he has already done his homework where is the delu- uh, you know where will be the question where things are not good so th- that was i would say complexity wise it was not much complex project if i com- compare today's bi or analytics project or ai project what we are doing it was probably 1/10 because data sources were also not very high impactful i would say it was one of the very impactful project i have seen in any organization over the period of time and the, that project is still continues they still use it in different forms of course it has gone with their like their, their technology stack is up and this uh, they, they, this was the i would say a very different way of implementation of technology and data democratization in true sense at that time 2015 yeah 16. that's right so you know one is of course data democratization uh, you know giving it giving the access to everyone but i think the manner of giving access to everyone you know that simple touch of getting into the user shoes and understand ending that you know if i as a manager when i get a dashboard i get some questions right and i i and i want to talk to certain people as to why it is happening and if this uh, this person has received the data 30 minutes back you know you could have a much richer discussion and there is nothing technological in the whole you know uh, way of thinking about it it's like all about user and this simple thing like you know taking away i'll come back to you from the equation and at the same time everyone making data driven decisions i mean that's a really powerful uh, story anjani so uh, uh, i must i must i must congratulate you for like you know uh, thinking about it from that point of view 
So, yeah, yeah, um, user centricity, I mean, you know, consultancy teaches you, but I take it very seriously. And to me, even though I am a CIO, technology is just a way to do things. How is user using it? Your project could be the best in the technology, but if a user are not able to use it, scrap. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Dr. Lapsing has a question. How do you differentiate on feature-specific issues, the culture in private and versus public sector, especially IT? I mean, I think he's asking for the culture differences between public sector and private sector, right? I don't know if you have any... I have never worked in public sector, so I can't probably... Somebody who comes from public sector, they can... They have seen both the world. They could probably answer that. So maybe, you know, here is my uh, appeal to anyone who's from the public sector and worked in private sector who you can answer this question. But maybe, I mean, you know, just from what I have seen of the public sector versus private sector, it may just be about the fact, uh, the decision making and uh, and agility, the way the technologies are changing very fast. You know, you can you have to develop a mechanism within the public sector, you know, I would say procurement rules or whatever to make sure that, you know, that you don't uh, lag behind. But I do see people who have cracked it because, you know, there are many public sector units who have really done well with technology. I mean, the one that I really admire is uh, Bharat Petroleum, you know, what kind of consumer centric IT initiatives they've come up with. But I'll leave that question to somebody from public sector. No, but so, uh, see, to, to, to touch your point, uh, touch to your point, even if you go to MNC and promoter driven company, the decision making what you talked about is very, very fast in promoter driven companies. I mean, absolutely. In within, sometimes within days you get the decision, where, whereas in MNC, you it takes long time. Of course, it is pros and cons of, of on both the sides, but just because you talked about the decision-making speed, I am touching on. No, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you're so right, uh, Anjani. So, uh, Senthil asked a question, uh, where do you think an individual contributor gets stuck if he wants to move to leadership roles? So, Anjani, I'll, I'll give a different twist to this. See, I think it's a progression, you know. So, all of us invariably started as individual contributors in our initial career and then, you know, slowly we became managers and leaders. So, what are the things in your view that you had to do differently when you moved from an individual contributor to a manager role or... You know, the traits that you displayed, which basically got your manager role from an IC role. Yeah, I would say the biggest, biggest is your attitude. Are you? Hey, I am your podcast host, Jagdish Belwal. I had a rich career as CIO at Tata Motors and GE. Now, as an advisor, I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation, but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it. Leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on LinkedIn. Are you trying to solve company's problem or are you trying to justify your role? Try to solve company's problem. Look at the business. How could you grow the top line? How could you improve the bottom line? How does your actions do that? Number one. Number two, how are you growing your own people? Number three, which is very, very important. I have seen many leaders who work actually below one level or two level that they are at X level. Sorry to be very direct, but I have seen many leaders working at X minus one and X minus two level. Ideally, you should be working at X plus one level. So the moment you're working 
working at X plus one level, people will, whether people will admit or not, it, you get visible and you will get picked up anywhere. No, absolutely. So, uh, so correct, uh, uh, Anjani. You know, just to kind of recap it, number one, you should be solving bigger problems than just doing a job, right? So I'm being given this thing, I complete it, I go home. No, I mean, that is part of solving some problem. Do that. Second is take care of the people. That means even if people are not reporting to you, they are colleagues, right? Take care of them, you know, try to basically uh, lead them even if it is with influence and uh, yeah so so some good takeaways uh, there and thanks Santhil for asking that question so there's another question from Sandeep uh, which is about what do you see as the major work culture differences between your working in US and later back in India are we bridging the gap with time or is it still a long time to go okay. Very good question. First one is work-life balance. Okay, US, you have much better work-life balance. India, we are yet to get. And it, it also might be with the maturity. Over the period of time, it has improved a little bit, but yet, yet, to, yet to get there. Is much more professionalism. Three, saying things upfront. Like if I won't be able to do, saying no, right? If I won't be able to do this project in one month, I'll uh, in US people will say no right away. Here I'll wait till it 28 days, 29 days. Sorry, yeah, problem. Correct. So these are these these are the things I will say. But at the same time, there are also a difference on the. There are advantages on India side also. I mean, uh, good point. Some of the things workers are much more flexible. Even if which I was talking about, even if something is not defined in job role, people here would be more willing to do that than if you go to in US. Then two is the time stretch, correct? People are more willing. And then there are pros and cons, more pros and cons, finer points around it. Yeah, I mean, I your colleagues are best monitor and mentors. Yeah, I, every company, even today, I have a couple of CXOs who are my mentors. And uh, of course, they are my sounding board in my current company too. Jagdish, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Sorry, I went on mute. Yeah. Uh, Anjani, can you quickly answer this question about like data, enterprise data lakes yeah. uh, and how they help? So, data democratization a short answer please short the data i mean you i'm sure you all have heard data is the new oil but if you don't refine the oil and distribute oil has no use same thing for data data is there but data is just there as a swamp how do you convert data swamp to data lake where you could data lake data warehouse where you could use so how do you make it usable how could you get inside how could you bring anybody who is authorized to see the data in the form they want how do you get to that form and that is where data lake uh, is very important if you look at it every organization wants to be or at least has to be in over period of time when we go to future of work data-driven enterprise there is no option right? so born 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 digitals are already data-driven or uh, enterprise born analog companies are heading towards it five to seven years you will see every company is data-driven absolutely absolutely yeah and you know i mean uh, just imagine the power of it Many times in our clarity chat, we have discussed about, you know, there are some things, you know, where you cannot point your finger at the ROI, but intuitively they're just worth doing. So data democratization is one such thing. So just imagine if every individual in the con in the company, everyone has to make decisions. And what if all those decisions are made data driven and that data doesn't have too many versions? You know, everybody's making same decisions on the same set of data. I mean, the power is uh, phenomenal. Now, uh, 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 I want to bring up this comment from Mr. Upal. So, Mr. Upal, thanks Hi, for Rajesh, coming sir. again on uh, Clarity Chat uh, last time as a guest and this time uh, as audience. Thank you so much. It, it means a lot to have Mr. Rajesh absolutely, Upal to be absolutely. in audience. It's an honor, Mr. Upal. Now, uh, Anjani, I had one question for you which has been asked by Praveen. So, let me bring the question from Praveen. So, you know, pharma is an extremely regulated industry. So, as a CIO of large pharma company, what are the top challenges you have in short term and long term? And 
maybe you know at the same time anjani you can also talk about your personal experience of you know how you're driving transformation at right Sure. So pharma, I mean, if you look at it, every every sector has a different digital maturity. Pharma has been late comer to the game, right? Pharma and healthcare also, to some extent. But last two three years has been golden era, I would say, when it comes to digital. Nothing related to only me be, be, being there for last two three years in pharma. So uh, w- one of the things is how do you drive first? Is how do you help compliance to be digital driven? And that is the biggest challenge. Two, a lot of the time there is a resistance from the business. If it is working well, why do we need to digitize it? Because I am come already compliant. Right? Third one is it's a constantly there is a cost pressure. How do you reduce? How do you increase the efficiency? Reduce the overhead. Fourth one is the resiliency of the supply chain, which we saw in COVID. All sorts of things. You know why uh, Remdesivir is not available? Some other things are not available. And fifth one, biggest. What was taking 10 years, 12 years in R&D, people wanted in one year, and you saw it. This is all. all power of digital right so if you look look at it some of the priority first is the digitization itself is the best priority then you have the how do you harvest the data now you have done the digitization how do you harvest the data which is the bi artificial intelligence ml all of these then you have how do you gather the, the data from the machines which is iot iot right automation yeah i don't know how many of you have seen in bcg it's uh, themselves say by 2030 50% of any companies work will get automated right through bots rpa several ways so how do you do that RPA and other automation is pretty much um, any repetitive task, any database decisions can be done through the computer programs or robots. So that's another area we are also working on. And the last one is supply chain resiliency. So how do you make digital control tower where demand planning, supply chain planning, and real time visibility? You are harvesting the external data, right? You could predict that by this date, this medicine will be available in US with all the shipping, right? And taking care of all the API, you are getting API from China, and you are sending the sending the medicine to south africa or us and you are making in india so you can imagine all sorts of uh, complexity out there so these are the priority i would say you are on mute take this yeah thanks thanks anjani i have had some guests at home so you know i have to go on mute in between in fact they've just gone out uh, uh, now so anjani maybe you know we'll we'll, we'll just uh, overshoot by like 5 7 minutes i have uh, some important questions and the rapid fire round and uh, sure. all the audience it's not going to be uh, more than 5 7 minutes so anjani there's one very important question that i had for you which uh, you know you were i would say humble enough to admit is about your failures so tell us like about yeah. the you know, one or two of them where things didn't work out and you know what did you learn from them so i was telling somebody that if you are if you are, did not have a failure probably you are not doing digital because bcg mckenzie all of them say 40 to 50% projects fail and this was one of the things analytics we try to do in logistic company did not work one of the voice chatbot we tried to do in one of my experiences in polabra that was probably we were ahead of the technology right till poc worked fine the moment we put to 10 15 people did not work correct the bi project in my current assignment it took more than a year for me to get to the bi level where we are which is i was expecting 3 to 6 month looking at my own bi experiences so yeah there are several several of the this which you think you will be able to do but either there is a technology challenge or there is adoption challenge or there are some other unforeseen thing and you realize oh no this won't work but what is important is try fast fail fast move fast that is what yeah. is important agility is the most important thing in digital era absolutely absolutely and 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 learn fast uh, you know i think i think uh, there's a big uh, uh, i would say attitude change also required here anjani that you know 
mostly the corporate cultures are around you know like celebrating successes nobody and we push all the failures and all the you know what do you call not so good things under the carpet i think a, a good learning organization is where you know we discuss successes as well as failures and we look at failures not from a victimization point of view but from a learning point of view right okay so anjani that brings us to uh, uh, you know our uh, rapid fire round so this is like you know you have to answer each of the question in less than 30 to 40 seconds so are you ready sure okay so what's the importance of communication especially for cios communication is the most important because you are working with all the stakeholders in the company if you look at all cxo you will work with all the cxo cxo minus 1 if you are not straight in communication and you are not able to communicate what you are doing anywhere people don't understand technology half of the people so you won't be able to communicate what you are doing and then finally you know the outcome absolutely absolutely so you want to you want yourself to be uh, understood learn the power of communication more from a business outcome point of view than what tech you are doing right exactly. okay so second question you have been part of the cohort of india's most social cios multiple times so how does one become the most social cio and what is the underlying fundamental principle behind being social why should someone be social okay. one is being original right what you want to what you are just don't try to act just be original two is society has given you so much you should also give back to society if people would not have mentored me people would not have given me knowledge i wouldn't be what i am so it is my duty to give it to other people and uh, that's the power of uh, exchanges absolutely absolutely i think i think so well said right now we have received so much but we hesitate in giving back and one of the uh, easiest and freest things to give back is whatever you have got in terms of knowledge and wisdom right and so all of you out there you know who whatever you are gaining from the clarity chats please uh, be as generous in giving back to your colleagues and your subordinates as as you are getting it uh, from from all the top leaders here well next question um, so every enterprise leader uh, in which, whichever function today wants to be digital savvy right now how should cio help in that process very important question and current problem it is it is industry's problem cio should be talking to them sharing some article overall having the discussions i mean doing the digital discussion what you are doing what are the different technology bring external partners like aws google mckinsey bcg they have certain courses have short short videos on things and educate them and show them exactly what digital could do in their area and that is how they will be able to relate and then they will come back to you instead of i mean it will be pull instead of push yeah so it's like you know just, i am yet to do i am yet to do in current organization by the way yeah. no that really works uh, like you know, you you basically uh, you just have to open their eyes and you also have to tell them that they don't have to do everything it's a partnership you know Correct. there's a certain part that they have to do in terms of defining the outcomes the use cases and you do the data and technology part of it and you know how that partnership will work i think the moment they see the path on how to get there and they realize that it's not like something i need to have it's like something i need to you know embark on yeah most of the business leader i have seen there they want to do things uh, in digital way because somehow they know that digital will make the difference but somehow from it perspective we are not able to show them the path and connect how it will achieve the results outcome absolutely absolutely so anjani my my second last rapid fire question your most memorable mentoring conversation oh uh, there are so many of them but 
it was when I had to leave IBM. One of the discussion was what whether I was thinking. I mean, once you you are going from a big services company to a corporate IT, and my boss said, "What do you have to lose if you go? Or if you don't like the job, if you it doesn't fit in." You can always come back to the position and the salary which you are at. Right? Uh, I was in two minds, to be very frank. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong in admit. Two minds, like 60%. I want, uh, you know, 50, 50 to 60%. I used to be here and there every with every day. I used to think too much. then the, this was the conversation correct absolutely that can be so comforting to know that you are welcome back if it doesn't work out and that's one of the best things a leaders can uh, do they can simply you know reassure people that don't worry i'm there if it doesn't work and, out and if you ask me i have as i said i still have huge respect for him because he was not looking at it he liked me as a resource i was working for him and he is thinking about my career he is thinking about what is the impact i will make he said you will make more impact out there correct absolutely this is a part of being a leader is not to be selfish last rapid fire question how do you leverage the asymmetry of talent to your benefit oh see you have newer people older people junior people senior people most of the time i see or oh, there is a many people many leaders think i can only only new people can be good some people think no only old people you have to work out you have to make sure old and new people gel well because old people have the wealth of knowledge you just can't write off you know all the old people and new people bring the new level of thinking you have to make sure that they are given the space they are given the time and as a facilitator as a leader if you are not able to gel it well it is bound to fail correct that's one number two you also have to bring the the entry level training one it brings the new millennial culture in your team which many of us don't realize and two, which is many things are good in millennial culture right we just can't write off and that's the new reality absolutely uh, right and second one is also it brings your cost down three it brings a lot of energy to your team so these are the few things i would say uh, talent symmetry you have to work absolutely i think you know there's one question i would ask you and you answered that question it is like you know how do you how do you build a, uh, a team and you know like managing the old with new and i think you have answered that there is something that add that you want to add there maybe ah no it's just that you have to you have to have a very different conversation with old people new people and you have to explain them very transparently because what happens is most of the time there is a trust deficit issue where old people think in a different way new people think in a different way so you have to have a different conversation and then bring them together correct and show that in action also sometimes people say something and action is different then people won't trust you no no i think i think that's a very important point to build trust among all the team members you know do many other things beyond like you know just like having team meetings is like you know taking the team out you know having those i would say conflict resolution conversations as well so that's that that brings us almost to the end of it anjani i have been asking you all the questions so far and uh, now it's like in a, there's a bit of a chance for you to get even with me and now your chance to ask me any question Oh good uh, this is this is unique concept where i also get to ask the question yeah, so if I, you know you have been the business side you have been the cio now you are a digital consultant 
So if you have to look at three roles, what is the one perspective you would say is very, very different in, in these three roles? Mm, interesting. So there are common things in all of them, right? And there are different things, but the most different is like, you know, what I'm doing right now, just because, you know, I I mean, uh, in the corporate role, when you're a CIO, CXO, like, you know, kind of arrived in life, you have done everything, you know, you have a lot of resources at your back end call, you know, you have a lot of people at your back end call. And then suddenly, like, you know, you pluck yourself out and then become like an ICO all over again. <laughs> of course, like I've, I've, I've been able to build a small team and all that. But uh, most of the uh, most of the stuff that you had support is no longer there. So, you know, it's actually complete rejuvenation experience that I need to learn everything, you know, right from like, you know, making presentations to taking printouts, you know, to even like, you know, the small compliance stuff, which I never, I mean, I had people, you know, to look at uh, those things. I didn't really have to do much. So I think this, you this is the You become true most, a startup, basically. You become a true startup at a, at a personal level. Wow. What an insightful discussion with Anjani. I loved it. I hope you loved it too. To continue listening to enriching and insightful Yet, fun and informal discussions. Subscribe to Clarity Chat Podcast, available on all major podcasting platforms. In our next podcast, I will host Shweta Vadhera, Managing Director, Accenture Consulting, and former CIO of Hero Cycles. Watch out for our next Clarity Chat Podcast with Shweta.